Does does my voice sound all right? Does it sound good to you? Does it sound normal? Sounds like you. Sounds like me. All right. I don't know. Maybe it's a little high pitched today or something. It's high pitched. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm just talking about for. the tone. Like <laughs> the, the, it sounds a little weird in my headphones right now, but you got I think that's sick might just tones be. going right now, bro. Sick tones. Dude, how are those vocal tones going? Um, Good. Well, you tell me. I uh, I uh, did some vocals I yesterday. Some, I did some recording or to some of your. Was was it? I don't know. It was two days ago. Two day, Wait. Two it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, yeah, it's going to be a different amount of days. Within by the, time the last hears forty-eight this anyway. hours, we recorded yeah. some vocals for another track that I'm working on. And uh, hot blood. I thought it was fun, man. I love that. Shout out to your mic again. What? It, Shout out to my mic. Yeah. Can we talk about that? For, I know we've probably brought it up, but what kind of mic is it? Just for the listeners, in case it curious. is. I, I mean. I th- let me first start by saying that I don't think it, it's really more just you did some good vocal performances. Oh, I don't really think any, there's anything that special about this mic, but it, it's a cool mic and I like it. It's a, a warm audio WA 47, mm. which is a tube mic, uh, which is essentially a clone, as you might have guessed from the name of the Neumann U 47, Classic. U 47, uh, and you know, for about maybe a fifth of the price. You get, uh, I, I would estimate, say, 90% of the sound. So that's good enough for me. And uh, I think it sounds awesome. I mean, you know, I, if someone if someone wants to give me a U47, yeah. I'm going to take it. But it's more than that. The mic is great, but it's, it, you know, it's a good performance. It's a good it's a good song. Some good auto-tune. And you said those can I be had relatively reasonably, like, priced. I think they're in the $1,000 range, yeah. maybe $1,200. I'm not sure. Somewhere in that I, I, I got the Sweetwater magazine recently, and they had the whole warm Oh, they, have a they warm still section. do the catalog. Oh, they still sent it to me. I'm like, guys, yeah. I probably got to log into something. You know, did you know back in the day I was partly responsible for the Zounds catalog? Really? Yeah. They're, they're, in fact. Like the idea of it? No, like the publication of it. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, we've never really talked about this. I, I have them somewhere. I don't know where they are. They exist. I am on the cover of at least two, but probably more than that. No. Of the Zounds catalog. Do you have them still? I think, you know, I, I don't know where they are. Dude, you got to frame those covers. You know, people frame like Rolling Stones totally. covers. You should do that. With oh, that. I, God, I wish I still. I, On the cover I, of the, the thing is, is that I just moved recently, so I've gone through almost everything. I didn't see them. I don't know where they went, but I, I do know other people. Like I remember a buddy of mine, uh, Zach, used to keep them on his coffee table, like just like randomly. And, and just and be I'd like somebody would be flipping through it and be like, like oh, that's, that's you. That's Henry. That's cool. Right there. I like that. Uh, why are I we talking know. about that Sweetwater catalog? Warm Audio mics. Oh, Warm Audio had a, it, they had a little section. Back. They had a little corner of a Hell page, yeah. Dude, and I was like, I know stuff. those mics. Yeah, and they had a, you know, they had the little condenser guy, and it's like um, a small diaphragm. Yeah, condenser. small diaphragm. Right. I guess I should have mentioned it. it's a large diaphragm condenser. Yeah, the well. one we used. Correct. And I think they might have had that one in there, the one that we used. I'm sure they did. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, probably one of their more popular products. Mm-hmm. They make some. Uh, I, I first heard about them from making. I don't know if you'd call them replicas or or sort of tribute type pieces of equipment to old channel strips like preamps and equalizers and stuff. They made a a Neve sounding uh, preamp for obviously much like the microphone, much cheaper than an actual Neve 1073 preamp Mm -hmm. that, you know, I don't even know. Say you want to get one for twenty five, three thousand dollars. They've got one for three hundred bucks or whatever. Okay, so it's good stuff. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you know me, I'm all about. 
I loved. I would be great to have the real thing, but if you can get as close to it and you know spend well huge fraction. So Johnny two sixty twos over here. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna, I feel like I'm gonna bring that up every episode. You know what I would I'm buy though? I was just seeing. I looked at one the other day. The uh, the American Vintage reissues. They do a sixty three reissue. It's beautiful. Oh they yeah, clay dots on it. A really dark rosewood board. What's different about the sixty three? Um, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know veneer board. I guess if they're oh. if that's what they're counting is mm-hmm. you know. Um, even though in 62 is when they switched it, but, um, I, I guess, I mean, like, obviously I've got a 66 reissue jazz master. That makes sense to me because that was the year where they did the block blocks, inlays and the yep. bound fretboard. So mm-hmm. that's like a thing, you know, I just, I guess that's why I have to ask what the difference between yeah. a 62 and a 63 is. I know obviously when they started doing the reissue stuff in the eighties, they yeah. based it all on the 62s cause they felt like those were the sort of like pinnacle years. Yeah. And like James Jamerson had, you know, the, he was like the famous guy who was using the, uh, the old 62 P bass oh, is kind of like that tone. Uh, speaking of James Jamerson, speaking of, I I got a new bass. James Jamerson over here buying <laughs> buying basses. Thanks for picking, up. dude. Isn't that thing crazy? Um, you've, you've played it. It's there's a lot to be said about that. There's thing. a lot to be said about. You know what's funny? I didn't even realize it. This was, it was not planned. It's sitting in front of us right now for those listening, and I didn't plan that. I didn't even include it on the outline for this episode. Uh, I've totally forgot about the fact that we would probably want to talk about. You know, what do you want to call that? The, the Aztec? I'm calling it Aztec. Yeah. I mean, which might be totally racist. I don't know that that design is actually Aztec, but it, it feels could be Aztec to me. It could be mine. It yeah. could be Incan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no idea. But it did say in the ad, it said Aztec base. Yeah, but it was also from a kid who <laughs> got it on offer up Let's a couple of years take ago. Take his word and for it. Has, you know, he doesn't know anything. Shout out to the kid on he didn't Facebook. Even, he didn't even... So let's take a step back. This is a fully handmade custom base. It sure is. And it's a lot of wood. I mean, longtime listeners will know I've talked about the fact that I went through a base purge where I felt that I had too many bases. Mm -hmm. So then I got rid of some. (laughs) And now here I am getting the heaviest, big, biggest, beefiest base I've ever had. I mean, I think it's fair. You have the P base, and I think you got something that's like almost completely different. Oh, back-to-back episode spills. Water Just spill. dumped water all over my lap. Nice work. <laughs> it wouldn't be an episode without spilling oh, some stuff. Fuck. Um, do you need to clean it or should we keep rolling? No, I think we should keep rolling. It's just, it's I actually like kind it. of refreshing. It was just really hot. We were just outside for a while. Yeah. I'm a little toasty. It's, I mean, it's, it's cool in here, but. Cooled you off. Um, that thing is crazy. So it's a, it's a, well, I don't know. How many pieces is the body? Five? Right. So, oh, I just, I just made my first of the episode. Mm. Uh, the body is a five piece with a flame maple top. It is definitely not a veneer. That is a, th- a veneer. That is a thick piece of flame maple on the top, which makes this my first dad top instrument that I've it's ever It's definitely owned. a jazzy dad top. Jazzy dad top. Yeah. Ooh, we don't have a name yet. I guess we did. We just sort of touch on that. We'll, we'll, we'll let it simmer, but I feel like jazzy dad top jazzy. Is, in, is in the running. You're going to bring the jazzy dad top to practice tonight? Oh, boy. So it's a five piece. Oh, I, and I guess we're going to have to post a picture of this now yeah. at some point. Yeah, we should. Uh, five piece body. Again, bought from someone who knew absolutely nothing about it. So my best guess would be that it's uh, mahogany and maple, but I don't know uh, uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it feels like mahogany because it's heavy as all. It is heavy as ball. We haven't weighed it yet. We haven't weighed it yet. I'm, the neck is also the biggest neck I've ever played on. It's a, a half of a log. Base. It's a half of a log. Yeah, but it somehow feels good to me when I'm playing. It's got. It does have an ebony fretboard. I'm positive of that. Yeah, it has a Bartolini humbucking pickup with active Aguilar. 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 Mm-hmm. Aguilar. I, th- I Aguilar, think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, electronics. I actually busted that open. It yeah. takes 
two nine volt batteries. Eighteen volts of power. Boy, oh boy! Which I, uh, in my brief amount of research, uh, found that you it is possible to run that at nine volts. I don't know exactly what the difference. I'm guessing headroom, uh, but I you know just bought ten nine volts from Amazon. So good move. Yeah, that's that's never run out for, that. in, for the next year. It's got four knobs and three switches. It uh, the uh, literally the dude didn't know anything about it, so I've just had to figure it all out. But we're pretty sure that it's volume and then bass tre- uh, mid treble uh, you know, three band EQ with booster cut. And I looked it up. It's it does sixteen decibels of booster cut on okay. each, and then it's got the three switches. One only one of which were positive. Well, no, actually, that's not true. Two of which one goes from active active to passive, which right. is awesome because that's, that's not in the original design. And you talked about that to me that you are you were killing uh, batteries. Yeah. Well, doing I had that. a fully active base, and a lot of people don't know, and I didn't know at the time. If you leave it plugged in, like if you just leave it plugged in and you go home yeah. for the night and you come back, it could be dead the next day. So always unplug your active bases, people. But what's nice oh, about sorry, this, sorry to, to to step on your words there. Yeah. This this but this is also the same is true for guitar pedals. If you have a pedal right. that uses a nine volt battery, if yep. you leave the input, not the output, but the way that it's wired, the input is actually a stereo jack, and it sees when it's when you're plugging into it, it yeah. can, to let. But anyways, the one that turns the light on, basically, when you plug it, the in. one that turns the yeah. light on, exactly. This that's because you're sending power now. Yeah, uh, um, it's always unplug that stuff. But what's great about this one? It has the passive. So when we actually, when I saw it the other day, I came over and you're like, yeah, the batteries are dead, but it still works. So. You actually have that option. If it died at a gig, you could just throw it in a passive mode and you'd be totally. Good to go. And honestly, I like. I do think I prefer the sound of the active mode, but very in a very small amount. I I would be just fine playing the passive mode on that thing. Oh, it's not uh, great time. Yeah, um, it's got. We I guess we didn't really say it's got basically a tele, Telecaster style body shape. Yeah, strange like single it. cut Telecaster Looks body. Looks like a tele, and then it's got the the bridge and the the bridge which I don't recognize at all. It's like some sort of weird what do you call it? I think it's a Babix, a uh, bridge and then the humbucker are on a raised sort of platform mm-hmm. uh, that I've never seen on an instrument before. It's very cool. Yeah, it's definitely it has the look of one of those, you know, really um jazzy like a lot of like gospel guys play basses like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Um, it's it's I think it's perfect. It's a long scale, huge too. headstock on it. Thirty five inch scale. We measured it thirty five inches. So that's long for a base. Yep. And then what's nice about that? It's too a set is- neck, but it they kind of made it look like a through neck, but it is a set yeah. neck, and it's not a. It's my first set neck base. I've only ever had bolt ons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you ever had a neck through or a neck through? No, I played in a band with a dude who had one, so I spent a lot of time playing a yeah. neck through, but I've never actually had one of my own. So no, I do. Yeah. Some people swear by the difference in like a bolt or a set or a neck through. Oh yeah. So I, I, the most common difference I've heard is that people think boltons have more snap and set slash neck through have more sustain, which I will, all one I, piece, I, I, this is purely anecdotal. The sustain on that base is in, it's in sustain. It's, it's insanely sustained. It's insanely sustained. It's insane. Stained. Uh, I, I seriously, I played one note and it's still ringing. Don't even look at it. <laughs> Don't even point at it. You're pointing at it. I wasn't, I wasn't going to touch You're it. interrupting the vibrations. <laughs> um, well, you know, what's, what's really cool, man, is that with the long scale and kind of that setup, it's perfect because you've always wanted a bass that you can tune the hell out of and just drop it out and make it like crazy low. You could put that thing well, in drop so, C. I mean, the thing, awesome. the reason I even got it is insane deal i don't need to get into specifics but i got it for much less than i should have i think so because well first of all because the kid has no idea what it is i still have no idea it what it is but it, i mean you never well that's i mean that's true with any instrument you mm-hmm. ever buy especially when you get a good deal on something but uh i mean it this was clearly handmade by someone that knows how to hand make instruments mm-hmm. and 
I got it for peanuts essentially. So I, I got it kind of sight unseen. And then my thought was, well, okay, I've been wanting kind of a, not a beater, but maybe, maybe like a donor type instrument that I could hack up and try to do a bunch of stuff to myself. You know, that was kind of why I got it to begin with. Now I think it's a really nice instrument and I feel, I'm feeling like I'd feel guilty messing with it because man, it is, it is, it is much more nicely carved and made and finished than I could ever possibly do myself. No, it's beautiful. I mean, the woodworking is you know, because they sell like um, there's companies like there's a company called Wish, Wishbase, mm-hmm. and they're notoriously known for taking just like a piece of crap wood and turning it into like some kind of shape and slapping a pickup and strings on it. Mm-hmm. Like they're known for that. Like they're all over like Talkbase and the internet, and people are like, it's kind of a joke. Wish I'm not familiar. Yeah, but then you, but and I've seen some in person actually. I came across a pawn shop that had one one time. It was and it really was like I mean it was. Even like the strings just didn't, nothing felt right mm-hmm. on the thing. But then you play that and I'm like, no, this was made with care. Somebody knew mm-hmm. what they were doing. They picked out high quality parts. That's not a cheap pickup in there. And that preamp's especially not cheap. So. No, yeah. that You can still buy the OBP-3 now uh, preamp for, it's like 200 bucks. Yeah. Plus the, all the knobs and stuff. Well, I, I think I think three of the pots come with, but and one of the switches, but those are two extra switches and one extra pot. I really am excited to see, you know, get the strap out and really just put like, like, stand up Ooh. and play it because we've only sat on the couch we've only and sat we, I, I honestly i feel like that base is a sitter anyway we want to get the stand that so comes heavy. out of the bottom like the upright stand man <laughs> that would be so get fun the post. just pull the pull the frets out i've noticed the frets are actually they're they're kind of small which i prefer they're not like they're they're, they're they look more like guitar size yeah, frets they're not like big jumbo weird frets which mm. i don't really like on bass i'm not that crazy much. about those yeah uh and I, I and to be honest i don't really like vintage size frets typically either those like skinny kind of almost more pointy i like mm-hmm. just the medium rounded like the 6105 dunlop size fret yeah. that's my favorite and i feel like that's what it is anyways got a new bass that was a little uh yeah a little side trackies we'll, on there we'll post, we'll, a we'll post some Instagram. pics maybe and and i would be super stoked if anybody could tell me any information about this thing because like we should throw it up on Talkbase. Oh, dude, yeah, well, let's definitely throw it up on Talkbase yeah. and uh, see if we can get any info yeah, about it we'll because it's, if- yeah, the headstock, it, like that inlay is insane. I don't know. Pretty happy with it. Don't think I'm going to be hacking it up just yet. Um, it's going to record great. That's for sure. The tones are awesome. Well, and now it now it's just, it's another another arrow in the quiver, my man. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I've got the I've got the vintage Fender sound right. that can do a little sort of more of the modern thing because it mm-hmm. has that extra jazz pickup. And now I've got a more just kind of active, moderny sound sounding great, even down tuned. Yeah, it makes me want to play smooth jazz. I'm not going to lie, smooth jazz, dude, or like gent. Oh, like crazy crazy metal. Like it has that kind of high end. You know, I could see some dude with like uh, that, like I was going to say corpse paint, but no, not corpse paint. I could see more like just like a modern gent dude, like a really pretty mm-hmm. boy metal guy playing one of those. Definitely. So, you know, that's that's that. It's a yeah. We Actually, we didn't even get through all the, the specs, but it also has a three piece neck. Yeah. Three piece neck. It, and I think we mentioned, but it's it's fucking huge it's enormous yeah in the pictures when we first saw it and when i first sent it to you we we're you you said the same thing i was thinking but you're like oh i wonder if it's short scale. yeah the angle that he took it the headstock was kind of i think it was away from us or uh-huh. something it was at yeah. an angle so it wasn't straight on and then i came over and i was like oh that's a long scale that's yeah. actually not even close to it being a short scale it's a huge base oh it's a big boy i can't wait to find out how much it weighs honestly it's uh we're gonna uh, say my, my guess is 14 pounds yeah i was gonna say just south of 15 yeah. maybe all right well man coming in hot on episode 13 here starting with that uh 
with that base. I do want to. I do want before we before we get to the main thing we're coming in out about, which I think everybody in the my blood pressure is already rising. Yeah, it's it's fun to see you a little amped up here. Uh, do want to get to a couple of our segments that we normally do, and one of those segments is you handing me that that bottle of yeah. uh, bourbon right there. We were gonna. I was gonna wait for the the, the main topic. But. I need it now. I'm sorry. Uh, first thing I want to say actually. Social games getting pretty strong. I wouldn't say getting pretty strong. It's been going pretty strong these days. We're coming up. Been we're coming up, bro. Uh, you can talk for a second while I take a swig of this. Yeah, um, it seems like we're getting some more followers. So we want to say thanks. We want to say what's up to anybody new who's listening, and thanks for sticking around if you have been listening. Yeah, exactly. Uh, had a bunch of new followers recently. Uh, a couple of people posting our stuff. Actually, I don't know if you saw some earlier today. Uh, I don't even know who he is. Some uh, local Chicago bass player dude. Um, which I had written his name down, uh, who I guess plays in musicals and stuff. Cause I looked at his Instagram oh, page, cool. uh, just reposted our episode saying they put it in a story saying uh, really? good stuff about us. So that oh, was wow. cool. Thanks, um, man. speaking of social games slash corrections, want to say, give a, give a holla. No, we're not going to actually say give a holla. I, <laughs> I want to give some props. I don't like how, I don't like how that sounds either. We want to say hello. We want to, we just want to say hello to our friends uh, and wild customs guitars, wild customs who make the gyrock, the gyrock. They, uh, they reached out to us. Thank for, thanked us for a little bit of the attention. The other thing I want to say is that, uh, they're located in France. We couldn't remember which country they were from. I believe we opined. Uh, I think we might've said Sw- Sweden, Sweden or, or some sort. Yeah. Okay. Well, I knew it was in Europe. Thanks. So that's so pretty They're close. French. So give a, a bonjour to wild customs. Awesome, man. Uh, Keep it up guys. Another uh, social thing that happened was, uh, and this is also related to a correction, we incorrectly st- uh, stated that Bumblefoot was related to the Wild Customs Gyrock guitar. It was actually the third guitar player in Guns N' Roses, and his name is Richard Fortas. Oh, okay. Richard. Sorry, man. Which I found out today when I was looking up what country uh, Wild Customs is located in. But then I also realized that we had tagged bumblefoot in uh our most recent instagram post and he liked it thanks man but it really it was it was really just a, a full mistake on our end but, even even bringing bumblefoot into it so i mean henry this, is what, this is what we do here man like this we, we, we do. don't look things up we make it up on the spot and we correct ourselves the week later there so you go. that's so that's right want to say what's up apologize if we offended anybody but uh let's keep this but hey richard moving. fortis and bumblefoot think you're both awesome pretty yeah, cool absolutely. that you're uh, hanging out with us uh was uh, also wanting to give a little bit of a, a hello to our friends at true five pedals from Maine was uh, interacting with them a little bit on the old Instagram. They make some super cool fuzz pedals, real like vintage inspired mm. stuff, cool ass boxes. So uh, hello to our friends at True Five Pedals. Uh, one more correction. Uh, we couldn't come up with the name of that really expensive travel guitar that we talked about. Yeah. That had the inner workings like a Swiss watch. That is, and in fact, I, I should have looked it up. I don't know. It's, it's C-I-A-R-I guitars. I don't know if that's pronounced... Chiari or Ciari or Chiari. It could be Chiari if it's Italian. Depends on the location. I'm not sure. So uh, correction there. And one one more correction. Uh, We we (laughs) realized actually this is one that we should have corrected a little while ago. In fact, uh, it's probably going to be a little too late. It's going to be too late at this point, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Just throw it out there. Uh, Remember, we uh, wanted to give a little bit of a a bonjour bonjour to our friends in the kickback for their show at the Clipper. Uh, we have come to find out that that is a different band <laughs> called The Kickback. <laughs> so, Definitely not Dan uh, Dan Liu, our guest from one of our previous episodes, who right. is in that band. Different Kickback altogether. It's a capital B in the middle, not 
not the kickback that that we were so so if you want to go see them at the clipper you know by all means they're gonna go be ahead. there i think it's sunday which is why it's Perfect. or maybe saturday which is what no it's too late at this point and well, people itch, but shout know. out to the other kick you'll figure it out when you get there yeah so that's that with the kickback i do want to just yeah just say hi to dan again thanks for being hey, on dan. the show that one time he and i we're i was i was telling you he and i are uh gonna gonna work on a little bit of a telecaster parts Ooh, caster yeah. guitar for him coming up yeah that'll give us some good fodder for another episode yeah i, I think, think he's got all i think he's got all the parts he needs to get maybe we'll have him back car. in and we can talk about it after we you know, oh, if you guys work oh, on it repeat guests I does mean, that make him an honorary hunk i think he kind of i think any guest at this point is pretty much an honorary yeah hunk, right they're just they're they're part of the hunks now mm-hmm. we, we need to get our first lady hunk on the show that has to happen. i'm in yeah we really need to have a lady hunk let's let's think about it sweet uh next segment dave's docs what do you got for us um what did i watch <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I didn't look at the outline today. Um, Spoiler alert: This is going to be in the outline every week. Can I t- can I talk about Dave's docs for a second? Sure. Well, I think I was kind of telling you last week. So I had to I had to take a break from watching music docs, man. I, I was I was watching an unhealthy amount. Totally. Of, of rock of rock docs. Rock docs. Um, it it came down to the fact that like I wasn't just like sitting on my couch, you know watching hours and hours of movies but you know i had them on the background when i was working at home and like that kind of stuff so they've been on they've been in my dreams they've been in my head (laughs) uh you know i think uh i had to kind of just i kind of blocked it out man like so well that's fine so i don't expect you to watch a new one every week you could you could just you could talk about about another one that you think people should check out that Um, you you know you're you're yeah okay so uh, just an obscure one off the top of my head i watched the jane's addiction one uh it's from like 1999. Dude, when I think obscure, I think the guy who started Lollapalooza. Yeah. It's actually pretty appropriate, right? To talk about Perry for a second. Oh, is it? It's, it's Lala weekend. weekend. Yeah. Right. So happy Lala to all the people who are, you'll probably hear this after you get back from Lala, but hopefully you're not Nobody too going to Lollapalooza is going to listen to this because it's all children these days. That's true. And it's like all EDM and stuff. Dude, I saw, uh, I think it was Consequence of Sound uh, released an article uh, ranking every year of Lollapalooza Ugh, and the uh, greatest the number one is one that I happen to have been I at. saw that it was uh, 2012 2008 oh it okay yes yeah. which was Radiohead and Nine Inch Nails and I mean I, I mean Radiohead was there so let's it, I, I that was one of the few times in my life I have sat all day in front of stage waiting so I could be up front to see a thing and well I, what I, and like I realize do. how hipster and horrible that makes me sound but no I was in my how do you 20s pee? and I don't care how do you pee I mean, you just don't early on early on in the day. You can get away with it when it's really hot. And that's the other thing about Lollapalooza in Chicago. It's always during just the hottest part of the year. So in the beginning, yeah, you basically it was it's I've done it a few times that you've got to do it with a buddy. And then one person holds a spot when you can still sort of wade your way through at a certain point. Not when the the crowd gets too thick. Yeah, you're never going to be able to do that. But during the day, you've got to hydrate. The thing is, you've got to just pretty much sit there and drink water. You can't drink beer. No, because if you drink beer, you are going to have to pee a thousand times and you're going to be. Yeah, I heard one year. Anyway, it was a here's a hunks tip. I heard people were buying like these bottles of wine that they were selling and they were selling them in some kind of strange container and people were urinating in the container afterwards. Oh, I don't know how legal that, that might be and i wouldn't recommend you oh, whip that's your, definitely whip out your genitals that's, that's public urination, in, a, in a public place but i'm just saying uh it's something people did i don't know who specifically but i that's what I. it heard. was you so uh this the, real quick this uh the last doc that i watched was the um jane's addiction one it's do you called, know what it's called it's called three days 
three days three days Sweet. it's on youtube it's it looks like it was filmed by a potato i mean it's like really bad quality because it's you know late 90s <laughs> that is i hope that that never stops making me laugh yeah i know it's my favorite yeah, um that's great. but it's you know really bad quality but you really it's actually a lot more they show like clips of them jamming and stuff which i didn't really realize how much they jam like i didn't know that band was just oh i don't know anything about them yeah really. they totally just go off on like tangents i don't even know if they're just writing on the spot but anyways it gets into some of the darker stuff too you know like you know, I didn't know Dave Navarro was a heroin addict. You know? Smack, baby. Yeah. So he was in that smack. And there's a, a very personal phone call with him and probably his loved one at the time who may or may not have been Carmen Electra, I think, at the time. Um, but That's she was basically so she was asking, like, you know, did you shoot up today? And he's like, no, I didn't shoot up today. So it's if you like that kind of stuff, that behind the scenes kind of gritty I do, um, actually. green room stuff, I do, too. That's well, here's the thing. I'm not a Jane's Addiction fan. Like, I don't really care either way. Will yeah. will. Will I? Do you need to be a fan of the band going into this to care enough to make it through the dock, or, do, or is there enough? That's a good sort of question. Good stuff? Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm not a huge fan. I love Flea, though, obviously, and I do love Dave Navarro. Um, you know, just as a, he seems like a cool guy. But I well, think was Flea like actually in Jane's Addiction, or wasn't he well, just he, like sort on this, of, in this he was, movie? Well, he was in Porno for Pyros. Yeah, in this movie, he was like on the whole tour with them. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. So he's like one of the four guys. Um, and you can tell that he's like such a seasoned like tour guy. You can tell like they're all partying in one room and he's like doing an interview in the next room yeah. and like kind of just taking it easy, you know? Um, anyways, it's a good movie if you like that behind the scenes stuff. I'm not a huge fan of them. There, there were longer segments of them playing live, which I think I even fast forwarded through a couple. Um, but then there's a lot of really good like behind the scenes stuff. So it's a good one. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, there you go. Quick addition to the riff library. Uh, I wanted to yeah. uh, talk about one really quick that, um, a book, it's a book called Zen Guitar. Mm. Tell me more. By Philip Tushio Sudo. Zen Guitar is a book that I discovered probably in high school when I was very, very deep into my obsession, obsessive practicing type playing. And and there are there are sort of practical guitar type applications or I guess instructions in the book, but it is much more philosophical. It's really about applying the teachings of Zen Buddhism to learning guitar or, or uh, mastering an instrument, whatever it's specifically mastering guitar. But I mean, you could really apply it to anything. And man, I, I learned a lot of concepts in that, that I still try to think about to this day. Um, there's one in particular about how, you know, you you, th- you think about martial arts, and you, you've got you start as a white belt, and that's kind of the symbol or or uh, signifier of your of of the purity of beginning and this sort of thing. But as you keep playing and keep playing, you, you don't really notice it, but it gets dirty, and it, over time, this journey of playing it becomes dirtier and dirtier, and then eventually, that that is kind of what gets you to the white or to the black belt. It's right. not somebody else handing you. Oh wow! This this achievement it's you actually having put in the work put and in the time work. and effort to actually to actually make that happen that's a great analogy i've actually i've never even and, thought and, about and it's that. always and it's about the mindset of always wearing the white belt so mm-hmm. always be willing to be humble to, to be to be humble and on that journey and and working and knowing that there's someone who's better than you and someone that you can learn from and never thinking that you've you've peaked or that there's nothing more for you so to do. true man so yeah. I would I would highly recommend it, recommend it. It's I don't I don't even know if it's still in print. Honestly, I should have looked that up. Uh, one more time, what's it called? Zen guitar. Great, pretty easy to remember. Yeah. Um, very very important book to me. So wow. I've I've read it probably maybe three or four times throughout you know throughout my life. So if you ever want if you want to check it out, yeah, I might have to send it your way. You. Uh, one more, I just I want to do uh, band buds. Okay, we forgot that one last week. Uh, quick shout out. I would like to give God. I hate, I seriously would like to expunge the word shout, shout out. out from my life. Yeah, I say a lot too. So I just want to. I just want to give a, a what's up to our friends in the band Mutts. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you know the band Mots? Yeah, I've played with them before. So those, I mean, I have, I, I have to admit, I haven't seen them in probably a year or so, but I used to, they're, they're friends of mine, so I've got to put that out there. But I mean, I used to give, see them every opportunity I got because I, I so thought good. that they were the best, the best live band in Chicago. Um, it's really the pro the project of a one, there are multiple dudes in the band, but I think Mike Maimoni, the keyboard player singer is, is kind of like the driving force. He's just this amazing songwriter has this huge, ridiculously giant voice, yeah. super aggressive energy, but can also do the like kind of doo-woppy soulful type vocals. And then just easily the most monstrous piano player I have ever seen in my life. He's unbelievable. He, you know, not, I mean in this, and I'm, and when I say that, I don't mean like when he's standing on top of the piano, literally standing on top of it and playing it with his feet, that is monstrous, but just the, the energy and the chops and the interesting bluesy stuff that he, that dude does on piano and keyboard is mind blowing to me. And, and, and that is something on my journey of wearing the white belt that I aspire to someone that is that talented on their instrument is that dude. But not only that, they write some super cool songs and they're real kind of like, fuzzy and yeah they've got a few nasty. albums out too oh they've so got quite a few albums check them out. Uh, one of our friends uh, dan smart who is a good friend of the show has produced at least a handful of their albums and bob buckstaff plays bass he's another good friend he was uh, in the band wax on radio and I'm trying to think he's busy oh company of thieves he was in that that's band. right yeah yeah band buds check them out mutts they're awesome if you get a chance to see them live definitely definitely check out mutts yeah they're great all right, we made it. We we've gone through all the all the necessary bull shark that we need to get out of the way to have a podcast, and now we can really we can really let that that fire roar. Yeah, we're about to get into the weeds here. We're getting dirty, getting oh, dirty man. with Gibson guitars. What did you guys do again, Gibson? Again, because we've talked about them. Oh, they've been a, a, a fairly constant topic. We moved an podcast. episode around so we could release a sooner, a, a, a more recent one where we talked about Gibson last time they got in trouble. And I, one of the sort of main things that I wanted to talk about was this episode was another Gibson issue entirely unrelated to this one. <laughs> and we we support you, Gibson. We we love your guitars, but come on, guys. This is this is the hard. You know how hard this is for me. You know how I deeply connect with that brand and their products and how connected to my freaking soul they are. And when constantly just these, these horrible things keep happening one after another, that it's, it's really hard for me. Well, I mean, are, they're not cursed. They're making bad decisions, bad PR. They, decisions. Have, they have made a number of bad decisions over a number of years. Right. Well, this goes back to when I was listening to that. All right, dude, let's just lay it out. What happened? Well, you sent me a video yesterday morning. Yep. I'm eating breakfast. I get a text, and it's a video of about, I don't know, roughly 200 to 300 guitars laid out mm -hmm. uh, in the width of a digger. What do you call it? It was a backhoe. A backhoe, thank you, with the giant tank treads. And in the video, they proceeded to run over all of the perfectly fine guitars gibson firebird x guitars guitars manufactured from 2009 to i believe 2011 that had a, a, a retail value in the five thousand dollar range these were extremely expensive extremely expensive frankly horrible guitars yeah you could specify a little bit what what was so weird about these guitars okay so let me the first thing let me say is that I, I kind of like weird new future guitars and, yeah. and stuff with computers in it i'm a total fucking computer nerd obviously so I'm I'm not averse to Gibson putting 
robot tuners on guitars or all the weird electronics that the Firebird X had, like some other people. It had like a USB plug, I think. Right. Um, So this was this was this was in the time when Henry Juskowitz was the CEO of, of Gibson. People weren't really loving the brand at all. He's been since been replaced, and people were super stoked about it. They were making all these. It started, I believe, with the robot guitar, and then they did like the the Dusk Tiger, and the there was another Tiger. There was, and then they did these this X series where they this basically you know what the line six variax where you could kind yep. of change the different models of guitar it had stuff like that Absolutely. you could change the tuning yeah it had modeling, it had modeling built, in. built in it had connectivity with with a breakout box where you could record all six strings individually you could process them individually there were some cool ideas and cool stuff but they were in a huge flop at the time yeah 10 years did ago. not they, do well they just did not do well and so obviously gibson just had an inventory of these things and it so in this video that that i i by the time when I first saw it, it only had a couple hundred views. I was so I haven't checked. Oh yeah, no, it, it had like a hundred views, and then I don't. I don't today I it's like at 90, 90, 000, or a hundred something. Thousand I think now. it was. I think I was just going like looking at one of my Facebook guitar groups, like a small group, and somebody just posted like as a comment, like, "Oh, this is weird" or whatever. Yeah. So I clicked on it, and it. I don't think I, for me, it's not exaggerating to say when I saw that video, and then the other one that you sent me today. Uh, we'll get into that. I felt like I was watching. I felt like I was watching the first PETA video I saw that made me become a vegetarian when yeah. I was a teenager. I mean, so basically, I, let me be clear. I've since this backhoe just runs over, uh, just it smashes all of these guitars. Perfectly strung, kind of like how a monster fully, truck lines fully, up. Fully, fully decked out guitars with like hang tags, the whole shebang. Oh, they set them up real nice and neat too. These were, I mean, these they, were going to be sold. Oh, by the way, in the background of the video, you can see the boxes, so you oh, can yeah. see that they opened these up. These, this wasn't like, oh, we just had a big, you know, room or a barrel full of them. We just like laid them all on the ground. Dude, I it mean, was fucking. This theater. whole thing was like, yeah, it was for shock value. So they lined up, like you said, roughly three hundred or so guitars. Destroy, all, drive over them with this backhoe, and just pulverize them it just they get completely smashed now my first thought was i was confused because i know about this counterfeit thing going on mm-hmm. i thought my first reaction was to go and i think many people's reaction was to say these are counterfeit guitars that they confiscated and they you know they're just showing you what they're gonna do or whatever you know kind of like tough guys kind of stuff yeah. right and then i start to notice well these are all the exact same guitar and then yeah. that's when i realized and you tell me that that's the uh, it's the firebird x and i'm like then I started Googling up the Firebird X, and I'm looking at a little bit of the history of it. Tried to find a few on Reverb. There's like two for sale, mm-hmm. you know, and they're asking like two grand on them. They're oh, not at cheap least. guitars. And I'm sure they're going to go up now. Oh, my God. So uh, that would be really interesting. We should check after this to see how much uh, the price or if people are listing them for sale or something. Now. So, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I was confused. I was angry. I was sad. All these emotions going on. It really ruined my day. I think I like had to stop doing whatever I was doing and just like, you know, think for a little but bit. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. It, it, it only took a few hours. Hours, but then, you know, by the early afternoon, everyone's got articles up about it. Reaver oh, made a post. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's on Instagram. Um, I don't know all the timing or anything like that, but it, 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 it w- I think it was nighttime. It was it was dark out when I texted you last night that I saw Gibson's response. Yeah, that was around nine o'clock, nine or ten o'clock or something like that. Yep, man. Oh God! But like that video, dude. I honestly, when I was watching it, and this, I don't want to have too many spoilers for chernobyl uh for those who might ever watch it but i honestly felt like i was watching that's that scene in chernobyl where they've got to take care of the dogs yeah oh god uh they're putting out the dogs 
Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, I, I, I want to quickly get past that thought because it was, yeah. it was heartbreaking. But that's kind of what I felt like. It was like these, these ex- extremely well-made instruments with, cr- I mean, crappy technology. People were joking that they like had Windows ninety eight technology built into it and stuff. Which, whatever, that's fine. They were still perfectly playable. Yeah. Well, there is something to that, and I do want to normal guitar. I want to talk about that because um, I, you know, I always try to look at both sides of things. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I have to say is this wasn't put out by Gibson. This video was put out by some guy named BJ something, and he has like 100 followers. Who, so, so then it turns out he actually worked for Gibson. Yeah, so he was a maintenance guy at Gibson. Um, no, I don't think he was a maintenance guy. He was like oh, I thought he, said he, was, he, he was like a facilities guy. Facilities like he was, guy. Yeah, I mean, but like... Yeah, not like a janitor. Right, but more... He, he was higher up than some guy yeah. pushing a mop, Yeah, basically like a, kind of a contractor type guy. When I, when I saw the video, I was like, okay, this is clearly not Gibson's video. Who is this guy? How is how is it even possible for them to allow this? It turns out they they told him to film it. Well, they did. So, well, we you know I actually went to his videos. I go, there's got to be other videos. Is there videos? Of, is he a guitar guy? What's yeah. his deal? And then we found one video where he's filming them tearing down a Gibson warehouse. I think right. So they Gibson moved their factory from Memphis. Right. I mean, everybody knows this, and this yep. was not a secret. And it was all related to that. They were we're jumping ahead a little bit. The one thing I want to say is that so Gibson released a statement. The internet's freaking out. They're like, why aren't people... Because it's the same reaction you and I had. Why wouldn't they give these to kids? Why wouldn't they just donate them to veterans or any any Anything. any worthwhile cause? Gibson needed re, PR re, right re, now. Re-manufacture uh, them. You know, sell them. Uh, even, right. Because that's the to. other thing. Why didn't they pull the hardware and the electronics and all that stuff that they could have easily used or given away or whatever? Something. So Gibson releases a statement. And this is, this is a rare time where I want to actually read something. I agree. That... Uh, Somebody else wrote, this isn't just us speaking off the cuff. This is this is the sta- part of the statement, the statement that Gibson released last night. Quote, <clears throat> an isolated batch of Firebird X models built in 2009 to 2011, which were unsalvageable and damaged with unsafe components. This is like halfway through the line. This isolated group of Firebird X models were unable to be donated for any purpose and were destroyed accordingly. <laughs> Okay, so okay, if we're gonna take them at their at their word, what could it have been? There were batteries built into into the guitar, so maybe somehow there was some sort of weird battery leakage that could have happened that could have been unsafe. Okay, like an acid, you know, leaks out. That's literally acid. all I can think of. I know. I'm like, the, does the paint have and like radioactive that, material? That word, those words, unsafe unsalvageable and damaged with unsafe components. Okay, so like maybe it's got a battery. You couldn't you couldn't have just pulled the battery out and, yeah. and left them as passive it guitars. Just, Even pull the Gibson head name off the headstock and give them to I don't know, uh schools. And then does yeah, and then it goes back to like the counterfeit thing. Would they be counterfeiting their own guitars at that point? I don't it doesn't matter because <laughs> at that point it is just a, a pure act of goodness out of their hearts. Of course. And Again, what is the uh, what is the headline read now? It's like that Reverb's headline was Gibson destroys half a million dollars worth of guitars, where it could have said Gibson donates half a million dollars worth of guitars. You right. know what I mean? Okay, so that's last night. Today, some truth starts coming to light. Well, let's talk about the other video real quick. Right. Okay. Right. So you also then sent me. And I found that an, last another, night. Another. Oh, that was last night. So you then like, sent me an, like midnight, another yeah. video of destruction. This time it was ES series. It was three thirty five. Yeah, and they're taking them. They don't have any pickups. It's just the husks. And literally the guys 
putting them in a corner by a wall, stepping on the neck so it breaks in half, and then running the body through a bandsaw. Right. And and these were fully finished guitars. They didn't have electronics no. on them. They were painted. But they were painted, binding, bound, the whole beautiful, beautiful guitars. And that was hard to that, watch. Honestly, I turned that one off. I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't finish that one. And, it's rough. and if and it's and it sounds so stupid to me saying that out loud right now, but it it did. It hurt. It was painful. For we're me not to the watch only that. ones who had a hard time watching that. So okay, so it's video posted by the same guy BJ. Now yeah. the guitologist who I happen to be a total fan of his guitar cha- of his YouTube channel. He's an awesome repair dude. Whatever you sent me a video by him today because he had tracked down BJ mm-hmm. and interviewed him. Had yeah. they had a phone call interview and BJ set the set the matter straight yeah it's a great episode it's like 20 minutes definitely give it a listen he was a gibson employee site supervisor facilities guy he helped shut down the plant they encouraged him to be taking these videos when they were shutting down the plant they knew that they had these guitars on hand and 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 i actually wrote down his quote uh where, where do we got it here? Oh, no, I didn't write it down. Never mind. But anyways, he basically he said that they told him they needed to get these guitars off the books. They had new investors coming yep. in. This this happened after Henry left the company. New leadership, new CEO, the whole shebang. They knew about all this. They had investors coming in to see it, and they needed to get rid of these and they guitars. And they encouraged everybody to get their phones out and film it. It yeah. wasn't just him, too. Yeah, he exactly. was like, everybody who's here, film this right now, because we have to prove that this is happening. Right. So it, for pure financial investment reasons which i don't understand they got rid of these which means one simple simple fact gibson lied there was nothing unsalvageable or dangerous about these guitars dude i mean (sighs) if they were that dangerous they wouldn't allow all the people in the video standing there taking videos with their phones to even be near them yeah or then like run them over with a a tank (laughs) right Dude, Gibson lied in their statement last night. They lied. And I guess it's a matter of he said, she said at this point. Mm-hmm. But that dude has the video. You know, he was there. He posted it. Yeah. There are multiple well, videos. Well, in the interview, he's it. very confident about what he's talking about, too. He's like, he was there through the whole yeah. thing. He worked there for six years. Yeah. He knew even about like how, you know, basically this this kind of stuff goes on. You know, this nope. isn't. They didn't sell his parts. They couldn't be arsed to do it. They didn't recycle anything. They didn't donate anything. They decided to to try to whatever for whatever reason luring luring investors they needed to destroy these instruments and, and it turns out they have a long history of well doing that's this. what I was gonna say they do this with a little if it gets a little dent you know on the binding or something they'll they'll just cut the whole thing into pieces which from a pure manufacturing standpoint I understand like Gibson Gibson had a, a reputation in the two thousands of making guitars that required repair were put together poorly right. so that in order to go the opposite direction they've started really clamping down on manufacturing i totally respect that i think they needed to do that from a business standpoint however like they even talk about in that catalogist video maybe you could then turn those into like some sort of relic model or yeah, something scratch like and that. dent or scratch a, and dent what number two is even right or the, for a long time and i've played them gibson sold second guitars where they would stamp second on the back it's basically of it. a demo model right right well, kind of, well, that it could either be a demo model somebody took on the road, like back in the salesman days, right. or like you said, it had one little dent in the binding, and Crazy. now it's marked as second. So I was talking about this with Stingray because he has a lot of experience with this, and he's built, he's worked with Fender, he's built their Nam booth, he's done the whole thing, and he said that they gave him thirds and fourths and fifths all the time for just for that reason, building, you know, little set pieces, whatever, doing, and then, you know, they, Fender also could have just, you know, run them over with tanks or whatever, but they didn't have to. Yeah. You're, you're saying Fender gave him the Fender gave yeah. them the thirds and fourths and well, fifths. We all know. 
who's the better company. Well, do we? <laughs> I mean, these days, maybe. Yeah, for no, sure. they've got their problems, too. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things, man. It's just sad. It's really sad to see. I don't know. There could have been a different outcome, I feel like. Now, I did want to talk about a little bit of devil's advocate. Yeah. Because when the guy made the point, and I do understand, if you wanted to keep... So let's let's so in the interview he does talk about if we were to remove all the internals that are everything electronic within it and made it a completely passive instrument you would have a lot of holes in the wood right you would have um, you know I don't know you'd have to fill it with some kind of material or you just put a backplate on there sure backplate it already, but even, ha- it already but they has have, a backplate they on have there. you know switches on the front the sides like all kinds of stuff that are kind of like a lot of extra holes right and, I, and I'll say that if you were to let's say you were to leave the internals in and you were like well let's just upgrade the software on these things then that would have been a whole nother task. To be, because you know he was saying like Fuck they the only software. ran with a version of Windows. I'm just saying, looking at Devil's Advocate here, if it's an if it's is it unusable unless you can plug it into like a Windows, let's no, say 2000. No, dude, machine. it's a regular guitar that also can do all that other stuff. Right. So no, it's not unusable at all. It's just a Firebird at that point, which is what everybody wanted anyway. Nobody wanted the Firebird X. No, I know. And I played, I played the, I can't remember. There was a Dusk Tiger, and then there was another one. And I played both of them, and they were some of the most nicely finished. Gibsons I've ever played in terms of playability, I, they felt amazing. So I would imagine that they put the same care into these Firebird X. They were they were very nice instruments that just had shitty software. Or guess what? Like there are there are other options. You could have put other stuff in to fill those holes, or other little electronic doodads you could have put in there, or just pull all that stuff out. Who cares? And then they're. Do you think a seven year old learning guitar in an inner city cares if it doesn't have all the holes filled all in the front? Whole, yeah, you know? switches and stuff. Yeah, I hear where you're coming from, but I just I no, don't, I'm not I'm, making I'm not a point. It. I'm not making yeah. a point, by the way. I'm totally on your side. Yeah, don't get it twisted. But I am I am looking at the reasons that they said these things were basically completely obsolete. That's yeah. that's all they were trying to say, which I don't I don't agree with how, how they're dangerous and, and all that. I don't understand what they're even talking it, about. The only thing it could have been was the battery. Honestly, there is no yeah. there was nothing else in them that could be dangerous or right. un, unsafe. They weren't. I mean, if you want to talk about lead, the, you, people were putting lead. So I guarantee your base has lead solder in it right now. Would you say oh, yeah. that that's unsafe? With, oh is yeah, that, is 100%. that is are you are you unhealthy now? Because yeah, I don't you've know. Been that base for yeah, it'd be so worth it. <laughs> yeah, right. So I don't know. It, that it, all I can say is Gibson lied. They did, and and it'll be really interesting to to see how they try to spin it. I guarantee they go the battery route when they have to eventually clarify their statements. Now that this guy has yeah. released a statement today, but um, I just I guess I never really thought about what happens to the guitars that get you know, discarded or, or dam- not damaged, but a little bit scraped up or, you know, that they, that they deem is not good enough to, to put on Dude, the Dude, why wouldn't you recycle it? Well, why yeah, wouldn't that you too. keep the elect, like keep the pickups or at the very least, just like the recycle, the wood, the send it to a wood chipper or something. People will pay for that shit. Yeah. I, I don't. I so let's po- keep piling on Gibson right now. My favorite guitar let's do it. company. You had some more news. I had us? another news thing what do we got, that Gibson? I did want to tell doing? you about. So, okay. So tied in with all of their, weird trademark stuff that they've been in the news about mm-hmm. uh, you know suing dean and sue all the companies that anybody make guitars that's that ever made a like flying gibson's. V. gibson has recently entered into a what i would consider weird licensing deal with echo park guitars have you heard okay. not park familiar guitars? with them no so they were originally based in as you might have guessed echo park uh, which is in uh la now uh, located in Detroit. And they have some pretty famous clientele. Um, Josh Homme has played Echo, Echo Park guitars. Um, can't think of anybody else off the top of my head right now. Yeah. But they're, they're, when you go to their website, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. And, oh, in fact, Richard Fortas of Guns N' Roses also plays Echo Park guitars. <laughs> so uh, they have entered into a licensing deal where 
It's a multi-year deal where Echo Park has access to use the Gibson trademarks. So they are now making, and, and this includes the Les Paul body, Explorer, Firebird, Flying V, 335, and then Gibson will also then showcase these guitars and Echo Park as a brand. But they're, so they're, are they going to be like, um, they're called Echo Park guitars they're still? They're still Echo Park guitars. However, they're already live on the site and they're called Kalamazoo Spec, which mm-hmm. is obviously cute. cute and, you know, homage to the fact that Gibson was originally located in Kalamazoo and there's still a factory there. Uh, and now, like I said, Echo Park is located in Michigan. So that's the whole thing. They've got a Flying V and and an Explorer that are just like pretty much the Karina look, you know, that you would expect. They look just like you would expect a vintage one to look, except maybe the I think the Picard looks like it, like the color is a little different. It's black instead of cream. And then it says Echo Park on the headstock instead okay. of Gibson. And they are I couldn't find prices, but I'm going to have to guess they're at least like five, six thousand dollars. Oh, so they're high end. They're very high end. I started digging into it a little bit and there are numerous threads on the gear page of really disgruntled Echo Park customers from the past however many years. Were they all custom orders? Everything that Echo Park does is essentially custom. So, yeah, and it would be like, you know, getting stuff wrong, showing up with shoddy workmanship, you know, getting strung along for years sometimes, trying to get your guitar, seeing, you know, famous people ahead of you get get pushed in line ahead of you. So that like in the, in that world of people who would be buying that type of guitar, Echo Park had already developed something of a a kind of a nasty reputation. And now that is the first brand that Gibson decides to get in bed with to license the Les Paul and all that good stuff. Of course. So they're, so they're just selling them the designs basically. Yeah. They, they paid to be able to use those designs. It's a pure on licensing deal. And, uh, and, and I can't, Honestly, I can't, I can't see the, I, I, I can't really see the, the positive angle for Echo Park on this. Mm-hmm. That's what I was wondering. Because when it comes down to it, Gibson is litigating for these trademarks right now. They're trying to get control over the Les Paul design and go after all these people. That hasn't actually gone through court yet. So if it, if it does go and it, and it doesn't go right for Gibson and Gibson doesn't win, like they probably won't. What value now is there for Kalamazoo for for Kalamazoo for uh, Echo Park? Because yeah. now, like they paid to be able to use that design. Well, it turns out anybody can use that design because yeah, it hasn't even the court. If if the court doesn't go Gibson's way. I don't know. I just I, it's a, this is a weird one for me. I can't really see the benefit. Is it if like for you, Echo Park? Yeah, I mean, really why not just this. get the real thing? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, know. I, it doesn't. I don't. It doesn't really make much sense to me. Not to mention the Gibson's name hasn't been that great lately. Yeah, so, so it's it's two. They're kind of, actually two echo, turds I'd be in a kind bowl. Of pissed if I was flushing down the toilet <laughs> together. <laughs> We're just two turds. Dude, can you down. can you yeah can you imagine what Echo Park must be thinking right now? This right is now, like such a huge deal for them, and and I've heard, and from what I've read, it seems like the owner is like supposed to be kind of a good guy and whatever. Just has had some shoddy well, yeah, business like, practices. And they're a smaller company, so well, hang in there, Echo Park. Hanging on in, get it figured out. Uh, I wanted to talk about two more things. Speaking of American companies, a formerly American company is having a huge liquidation sale. I sent you a yeah. link about that bad boy. Everybody's favorite uh, 80s cheap amplifier company, PV. If you didn't have a PV amp when you were growing up or knew someone who did, you yeah. weren't playing music. I was going to say, I've actually never had a PV amp. I but, had two. Uh, <laughs> one, we sang vocals through one of them. Man. Was it a That's, bandit? Um, gee, I don't even know the model now. Yeah. But, you know, 20 watt little kicker guy. Little you kicker know, baby. Had a push pull uh, overdrive switch on. Nice. It. Yeah. Well, they're they were. I mean, for a long time, 
I, I've, I've seen them referred to as the uh, the Mississippi Marshall. They're kind of like the American-made sort of affordable thing where if in the 70s and 80s you wanted a Marshall you but couldn't afford it, you'd get a PV and you'd get a lot of the way there. And it was all made in America. They made, I mean, some great basses and guitars. I've had that T40. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- I've always thought it was kind of cheesy, but I've always sort of been fond of PV. Yeah. And, they're uh, like the sweet little like kind of reminds you of home type of thing, you know? Well, and, and, I, and, and here's a little here's a little humble brag time. I've met Hartley PV before oh, wow. and I've got to have a conversation with him. He I mean, he like even back when I was working for in, in that industry 10 years ago. He was still answering, like, if you called PV to, you know, complain about something or whatever, he would pick up the phone still. Like, Hartley PV himself, they're a giant company. Like, he really cared about stuff. And I was going to say, they're actually very reliable amps, too, I always thought. Yeah. I always yeah. thought, you know. Bulletproof. Bulletproof. They're kind of like good backup amps, too, if you're like, or, you know, a back line, like if you're a bar and you just want to totally. like buy You a could get amps. the solid state stuff and it would sound fine and sound fine. not be great. Or you could even get their tube amps. I mean. Yeah. The 5150, Eddie Van Halen, like, there's a reason Eddie Van Halen played PV for a while and they made his amps. Like, they made awesome stuff. Even for a certain, like, sort of subgenre of metal, the PV 5150, or it eventually became the 6505 after yep. Eddie Van Halen took the trademark with him, that is the sound of a certain type of metal. They've made great stuff and we've kind of been kicking the can down the road with on the fact but they're they're doing a liquidation sale and they're selling off 12 million dollars worth of their assets yeah. on august 7th and that's that's wood that's unfinished speaker enclosures that's finished amps that's finished pas that's drills and band saws and Just presses probably and the, the, the property itself even i bet they're preparing for selling the property because they i don't know if it's 100 percent, but i believe the majority, and it might even be 100% of their manufacturing. They're not done as a company, but they're now all in China. Oh, that's mm-hmm. what it is. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I'll be honest. I haven't played any new newer PV stuff. I don't know much about that, but all the 80s stuff, just, you know, and the 90s stuff just totally takes me back. You Do know? you know, in, in reading about this, I came across someone talking about, I guess, you know, that show Undercover Boss? Yeah. PV was on an episode of that. Oh, no. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like kind of sad and Ugh. like kind of a bummer to watch. But now I really need we, to see it. We should watch that, man. We should have a little hunks viewing. Yeah, find, I think so. You're the king of being able to find stuff, uh, torrent sites and whatever. Let's, uh, uh, let's not talk about that right now. <laughs> I'm not saying you download them. You just like tell the authorities just about know exactly it. You find where the stuff they are. And, I and catch then, the people who are exactly. doing those things. You can't. I mean, that's like why uh, like security firms hire hackers and stuff. If mm-hmm. you don't know how to, to exploit it I'm yourself. I'm basically uh, a hacker. You are. You're a super. You're a hacker. You're <laughs> Super hacker. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I want to see that. I I'm also kind of curious. Like I'm really in, interested to see if like you know a bandsaw is going to go for a normal price or if it's going to go for some sort of like uh, you know pre- previously owned by PV. Price. Uh, probably normal prices, right? I also feel like this is a really good opportunity for some of the small builders out there too. Some people who have you know maybe a small shop or they share a space with other with other builders, they could actually get some like really nice historical stuff how cool would it be if someone was like you know let's say we want to buy you know the majority of your stuff some millionaire is like i'm just going to start a new amp company and we're just going to change the badges but we're going to use all this stuff yeah. i think that'd be really cool that'd actually. be super cool. and then they, maybe they wire though. them better like well they would have know, to really go they would there. have to only buy certain parts because it's it's everything it's i know PA shit, whatever. that's what so i'm like, saying you'd have to be like yeah i'll take anything related to manufacturing amplifiers yes yeah. and then you just do that and, and then they could just start cool some boutique idea. company on yeah. it it seems like that's what people used to do in like the 70s like when yeah. sound city and like vox you know Dude, totally and it was it was kind of one of those things i feel like that's such a sign of the times now and it kind of goes back to the gibson thing too it's like 
you know, just liquidate or get rid of it rather than like try to fix it, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously uh, PB's uh, doing it for different reasons. What but. is what is it? What is that? The uh, the disposable economy. Yeah. Ever we throw things away instead of fixing them yeah. or repairing them these days. Absolutely. There was one more thing, and I think you added it to the to the outline, and I don't really know what you're referencing specifically yeah. here. It says, "Play any famous guitar part two. Yeah, I think we talked about this in a cast. But it may have been on a, maybe one of the ghost casts that mm-hmm. never made Ooh, it. Ooh, ghost cast! I like yeah. that. Yeah, um, but I know, and I, we've had this conversation, and I think we're allowed to change once in a while. We grow and evolve. We grow and evolve, and I so episode thirteen, baby. I was going to ask you, and I'm going to I'm going to do mine really quick because I was watching. Um, I was watching. <laughs> this is so funny, but it kept showing up for whatever reason on my YouTube. Like you'll like this video, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I wouldn't really watch this, but it was the NPR Tiny Desk Sessions mm-hmm. with Sting and Shaggy, and it just came out. <laughs> what? I know, but listen. <laughs> Yeah, the music's the music's oh whatever, God. but I put it oh, on because you get a really good shot of Sting's fifty-three P bass. Oh, it's a, I thought he played a fifty-one. No, it's because it's got the contoured edge. Ah, fifty-three, and then dude, and that thing. I mean, I'm sure dude. you've seen it. It is beat to totally. all oblivion. Is that has it has it always been that same one? Yeah. Well, He's he not, he used to play a jazz bass too in the police. Yeah. But I mean, um, that when you see him playing that yeah, Telly style precision that's bass, that's it. That's took that the pick guard off. It's like a two tone sunburst. Absolutely, one of the coolest looking basses, and it sounds like you can hear it really good in the video. Mm. Um, if you can, if you can manage like getting through the music part of it, the bass sounds really great. You get some awesome shots of it. So I would have to say, if I could play any bass in the entire world, I think that's what we were talking about once. Like, yeah, we like, why wouldn't there be a place where they have like these crazy instruments? Dude, and you can try them. It's so funny. I ha- I forgot to talk to you about this. This this is happening. What some, there is some? Oh man, I don't have the details, and this okay. is going to have to be for the Ministry of Corrections. I read an article where there is some guy, uh, you know, basically exactly what we're talking about. Some dude who made a bunch of money, but also loves rock and roll, and is developing this thing where it's like a museum where it has famous guitars, Jimi Hendrix's wah pedal, and shit dude. like that, and you'll be able to actually play it. That's where this came from. We were talking about the Gilmore Strat. That's what it was, and then I was like, maybe it'll be some rich guy uh, who's yes. going to let people actually play it. Yes, that guy exists. That is ha- that's in, that's in motion, man. I feel like we'll have to. I'll have to. I'll have to do time. some. I'll have to do some digging because I know I read about it and I thought that I had sent it to you, but I guess I didn't. I mean, it's possible. And I thought that I had also put it in the in our gear hunks. It could uh, be in like Google Doc, one of the but other it's pages. definitely not. It's not well, in there. Let's uh, try to remember to look that up for next time because. So I was thinking, I'm, I'm watching this thing the other night, and like, I'm just like, I couldn't stop watching the video because of this bass. I'm just like, so that, so for me, the Stings P bass would be, if I could get my hands on any bass in the world, that would absolutely be it. Wow. Do you have anything like that right off the top of your head that you we ha- We did this. We, we did. did this Are you going to see, because you said the Gilmore Strat maybe, right? No, no. I I, th- I think I think what I settled, I went through a few as I was trying to come up with them. I actually settled on Frankenstein, Eddie Van Halen's guitar. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I was like, wait, only one knob? And you're like, yeah. That's all you need, buddy. I honestly, I mean, I haven't come up with a better answer cool. since that's then. That's fair. I, I just wanted to revisit the topic. Um, maybe we'll even revisit it again in a few weeks, but That'll if you get inspired, if you get inspired and you happen to see like a, oh my God, you know, Jimmy I'm Page's, start making note of you that. know, 59 Les Paul or something. Um, so that's mine. I wanted to change mine. I don't remember what I said in the last episode, but you that's You said John Paul Jones's... Yeah, 60, I think he has a 63 uh, jazz bass. Wow, good. I, I did not think... I. I didn't think my memory was that good these days, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Pulling it out. I guess I had to listen to these a couple times to <laughs> yeah, edit to and edit. whatnot. So uh, cool. I don't know, man. I feel like that was a pretty good one right there. That was there. a solid it was, episode. It was pretty solid. It yeah. was, uh, we didn't get, we didn't, uh, we didn't go too long, so it's not going to require a whole, a whole much, a whole bunch of editing. I don't know. Are, should we? Are we gonna? Are we gonna? Are we gonna wait until Monday, or should we strike while the iron's hot? Should I get this shit out? Man, I, I mean, there'll be three episodes in one week. 
Could, and then, but then we wouldn't have anything to release on Monday. Yeah, that's true. I feel like maybe we should just wait. Yeah, right. maybe something else will come up. You know, maybe we'll get another ministry. Correction. Dude, I have. I mean, I have five episodes worth of stuff that we haven't gotten to yet. So we wow. things we've got we've got plenty Perfect. plenty to go on. And, and a couple and and the one that was going to be today, I actually like did some pretty decent research cool. on and stuff. So it's going to be uh, look forward to that in the future. Awesome, because it's going to be about the future. <laughs> Bye. Bye.